Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wild Edible World podcast. This episode, you're going to find us shepherding over our many, many lands. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, also known as the Goose Man. And I am just Steve this week because I feel like I'm such, I could be like a goose, a, a goose foot, I almost called it. By, <laughs> by his, I, I could be a lamb's quarters uh, purveyor. I have so much in my yard. So I'm awesome. just Steve this week. Yeah, I've just got a single pot outside my door, like a large, uh, like half half wine barrel or whiskey barrel or something. It's a big thing. I'm growing a couple tomatoes, and there's a weed that sprouted up, and I let it grow, and that's because it was lamb's quarter. So, and this thing's basically wild spinach. That's one of its names, right? Yeah. What else? And and and, and when we say weed in this case or in this context, we mean of no course. disrespect. Yeah, no, true. <laughs> I, I used a dirty word. You're right. No, no, it's cool. I mean, we, we can weeds are okay. We, we we're t- we're taking the word back. Weed is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Especially some weeds. Huh? Um, I said especially some weeds. Uh-huh. Uh, so we 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 we're reporting to you live from a guano-free location. Yeah. Uh, we recently ditched our, our digs that we were recording in and came and it, we're, we're, like we're on this bridge over, over a babbling a, brook. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit more than babbling even. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going, man. We've we've gotten a lot of rain recently and this thing's moving. So hopefully you get some cool uh, background background sound. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you don't mind the little bit of white noise helps you relax you getting the take you out in nature like we try to do in this show. Exactly. So this episode we're talking about. Lamb's quarters. Yep. Meld. Goosefoot. Wow. Wild spinach, fat hen. I've what? got pigweed. Somebody pig called weed. it pigweed. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. I don't know why either. I Maybe prefer lamb's quarter. Pigs, pigs like them, yeah. Lamb's quarter and goosefoot are probably the two most recognizable you'll find for this. For plant. sure. Uh, scientific binomial kinopodium album. Yes. Uh, and, and this is just... I feel like this is going to be an episode where we're going to have to kind of like pump the brakes on ourselves a little bit because <laughs> yeah. there's so much info, man. Yeah, we love talking about it, uh, surprisingly. I mean, we've both worked with it quite a lot. Uh, it's really nutritious, but um, yeah, we're going to have to our, keep, our, keep ourselves on the, on the break. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so let's start off with the most recognizable feature, the most recognizable way you're going to find this plant. In my opinion, that would be the silver bloom that it has all over it. So uh, you're going to notice this plant because it's got, from the tip of, the tip of its growing top, it's going to have this waxy powder that covers mm-hmm. the entire plant. But it's, mo- it's very obvious on the top of it. And what that is is like just a, uh, a, a, it is a waxy powder produced by the plant, presumably. We're not really sure why it does it, but... It's pretty obvious to see the effects whenever you pour water on it. It just beads up and rolls right off. So presumably this plant makes it for waterproofing. I imagine that would help divert the water down to the ground, not collecting or absorbing into leaves where it doesn't need it, but actually transferring it to the soil where it can help absorb uh, nutrients. Yeah, just in comparison to like other plants, like plants that we garden and whatnot, uh, wet Foliage can lead to soil-borne illnesses and and other things like that. So that's I mean that's a great plant defense, which is possibly why this stuff's everywhere. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean it's it's you know it's not necessarily classified as an invasive either. It is classified as kind of an obnoxious weed. Again, there's that dirty word, but uh, it is not necessarily an invasive because it doesn't really seem to invade high-quality areas or uh, with such density that it takes to be classified as an invasive. 
What it does do is take advantage of recently disturbed areas, really, uh, you know, like a flower pot, or you're going to find this growing along gravel roads or something, kind of like really undesirable as foragers a place for it to grow, but uh, you can find all sorts of parallels that line up with a gravel road and find it somewhere that's a lot safer. But yeah, highly available. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about what it looks like. So we've got the silver bloom all over it, but the leaves are kind of roughly triangular in shape. And this one actually mm -hmm. can be kind of difficult to nail down sometimes because there can be quite a lot of variation in the way the leaves are shaped, sure, uh, how big it gets. So most of my interactions are with a pretty triangularly shaped leaf that is uh, got about three to five teeth on each side of the leaf. Sometimes it can be a little bit more round. Sometimes it can be a little bit more narrow, and those teeth are going to be a little bit less noticeable, but it mm -hmm. pretty much has kind of the same overall look to it, especially that, again, that silver bloom that's across the whole plant. Uh, another really noticeable identifying factor you're going to find with this is that the stems have a really noticeable purple striping to them, and it's over the entire plant, top to bottom. you got purple stripes all over this thing, mm -hmm. and it's on top of this blue green what i like to call glaucus it's my favorite color glaucus base so purple stripes on a blue green stem pretty noticeable um the way you're going to be able to differentiate it from other plants is the f the way it flowers i'm not too sure about that uh i don't really have much written about that i've never really experienced it whenever it's flowering i always seem to catch it like before and after the flowers the flowering is almost like a like a colorless goldenrod so it's like a oh. so it's like a like Cylindrical grows up tall, like I'm trying to think of something. Yeah, like almost like uh, like mulberries if they were like super long before they bury, you no, know, I think or before you they even flower. It pretty well, yeah. like a colorless goldenrod. Yeah, yeah, that suits it. Um, so the whole entire plant is edible. So once you now that you know what it looks like and you find it, you can eat every single part of this plant throughout its entire life. Whenever it starts off as a little seedling, you can eat that. Whenever it's really old, you can eat the root. You can eat the leaves, which is the most commonly part, commonly used part of the plant. However, the uh, seeds as well have been eaten for centuries. Uh, we've excavated certain places in Central America and have found old lamb's quarters seeds sitting there, like preserved in these uh, burials or you know, archaeological archaeological sites. And uh, yeah, we've been. This is a plant that has been in the human diet for just so 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 long yeah it's and it's, it's cultivated in northern india specifically like they grow it oh, wow. for use in like curry soups things like that yeah um and it's it's everywhere it's it's in north america europe asia uh australia grows in like their potato fields yeah uh, so this stuff's all over the place and it's 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 cool stuff i think yeah well you you can hardly stop it from showing up in your yard so that's part of the cool part i mean that's one of the things I enjoy as a forager is whenever it comes to me. Sure, sure. <laughs> this is a really useful plant that just shows up in your yard. So let's get at it. And uh, the seeds are actually, so this is a relative to quinoa. So it looks a lot like quinoa whenever it's got all the bundles of seeds. You're not going to find the seeds to be as large. They're, they're pretty small, but you can use it just like quinoa or make it into like a mash or put them over your salad for a little bit of a fiber boost. Uh, I'd, don't have the actual uh, information of like what the seeds, the nutritional value of the seeds are, but I imagine there's some like good fatty, uh, some 
fatty stuff in it. Um, but yeah, eat the whole whole dang plant. Don't yeah, let it, this in in Nepal. They take uh, like the plant and the seeds and they grind it up with maybe some lentils and they make almost like a like a pet, like almost like a falafel, but like you know out out of out of this whole plant and the seeds and stuff. Yeah. I love that idea. Super that sounds cool. so so good right now. It does sound a falafel. so good. Falafel. Falafel oh. sounds wonderful right yes. now. <laughs> Okay, well, um, you know, we've pretty much described the plant to you, where you can find it. Uh, like, yeah, you can find it all across the road, just in disturbed areas. Or if you leave your garden unattended for a couple months or for one season, you're going to find this in your garden. I'm, I'm cultivating it myself. Like, I, I am letting it grow. Steve's letting it grow. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Um, we'll, do our, we'll do our little ad thingy, and then we're going to talk to you guys more about the ways we've used it. Um, the nutritional value, and we'll just try to stop ourselves from nerding out too much about the oxalates and uh, all sorts of other things that we can talk about. Yeah, no promises. No promises. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us back here at the Riverside on Wild Edible World. Uh, I just want to give another quick thanks for Brett Westcott for making our amazing music. And to uh, to Steve, my, my buddy, for being here hey. every time, man. Hey, this that's is awesome. Me. Have a good time recording the show with you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> oh, dude, this is so much fun. So we're back talking about Lamb's Quarter, Kenopodium album. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about how you can use these specific parts of the plant um, came came across a really really interesting recipe for the roots. Um, so, but l- let's start off with the nutritional info. I, I just have some basic stuff here, just kind of like the normal square. Um, we have the 100 gram sample, and that brings you about 43 calories, just under one gram of fat, so like 0.8, and then 4.2 grams of protein and 7.3 grams of carbs for 100 grams. That's not that bad. A lot of water. Good. A lot of water, yeah. yeah. Not not too nutrient dense, but it's still. What, what, what kind of minerals and stuff you got written down? Uh, we have vitamin A, seventy three percent of your daily uh, requirement. Yeah. So that's huge. That's huge. That's so. So this stuff. I mean, I've heard it called wild spinach, and just oh, yeah. like spinach, huge in vitamin A. Um, so giant benefit there. Uh, thiamine riboflavin is 14 and then 37%. Niacin is 8%. Um, B6, 21%. Folate, 8%. Vitamin C, 96% of your daily value. Wow. In three, well, three and a half ounces of this is also kind of a lot, you know? <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, like the, it's like a salad. Yeah, it's I like mean, a salad. A big but, salad. But still, 96% of your yeah. vitamin C from a salad? That's, that's not bad. Um, calcium, 31% of your daily value, uh, iron, nine, mangan, or magnesium, 10, manganese, 37, phosphorus, 10, potassium, 10, sodium, three, and zinc, five. Wow. 
That's huge. Tons of mineral content. Yeah. It's like it's like little spinach, you know. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the wild. The name wild spinach is a very pretty pretty accurate, uh, you know, alternate name for it because. Just about any way you can think to use spinach, you can use these leaves for it. So it really is interchangeable. Really good way to get this wild green nutrition into your diet. Just like anytime you're making a salad, throw some lamb's quarter in there. Go out there and strip some leaves off and throw it in your salad. It's going to be great for you. Uh, as far as uh, like how else we can use it. So I'll start with the roots. So we mentioned that the whole plant is edible top to bottom. Not necessarily uh, palatable or tasty or giving you the most desired effect. So the root, while it is edible and non-toxic, it does have, uh, interestingly, a very significant amount of saponin in it, which is the compound that creates like a foamy cleansing uh, substance like soap. So basically, there's a, I found a, a shampoo recipe on the internet that was like, well, this is... I've never seen that kind of use for lamb's quarter, so I thought this was really interesting. Where basically you just take, uh, let me let me find it, a cup of fresh lamb's quarter's roots, and then you can chop them up. And then basically, if you just leave it like that and you mash them up, it's going to create this like foamy, foamy liquid that you can use as a cleansing material. I'm, I won't go through the whole recipe. Actually, the the point is that this the root has saponins in it, which, when ingested, can create a laxative effect. So you are looking for that then it's a great vegetable if you are not looking for that then perhaps use the rest of the plant because it contains um you know more fiber and is not going to encourage everything being expelled from your body as as the root will so moving up the i mean using in this leaves how, how have you eaten it uh you know exactly how how you would eat spinach so yeah. it's a little it's slightly more delicate uh, but maybe uh, akin to a baby spinach or something of that nature. Uh, I, I, I like it raw in a salad or, um, you know, used to bake into muffins or, or things like that. You know, chop it up. Um, nice. Just something to add some nutritional value. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I will say, like spinach, and you and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, high in oxalates. Yep. So what are oxalates? Uh, oxalates are like a just just very, very basic. Oxalates are a plant defense chemical. So you're a plant. You're hanging out in the woods. You're growing all these cool limbs. Uh, delicious greens. Delicious greens. And, uh, you know, you, you want to protect yourself. So you, you create these oxalates that maybe warn animals to not eat you next time. Um, and, you know, spinach does this exact same thing. Spinach is like, I think it's like four times the amount of oxalates than the next leading vegetable on wow. the list. And it might even be more than that. Uh, but it's just, it's, they're, they're packed uh, with, with these, these plant defense chemicals. Um, but they're also just so nutritious that if you're in a situation where you want to eat it or, or, or need to eat it in a survival situation that, uh, you know, you, you sometimes can't pass it up. So, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a little bit debatable, too, on how much of an effect that oxalates have on the average person's body. Um, we're still not really sure how they interact. We do know for sure that it's not, it's not nothing because there are plants that uh, are regarded as toxic because of their such high oxalic con uh, content that whenever you eat it, it is burning your mouth and it's burning your throat. Like, it, sure. it feels very uncomfortable. Um, and some people, I guess, who are oxalate sensitive do feel that kind of stuff even whenever you're eating just the normal you know broccoli or kale or spinach you know sure. all these things have high amounts of oxalate in it and it's like 
I don't think anybody's about to start stop eating them soon. Um, the the evidence isn't too conclusive, but it's not worth ignoring. That's that's for sure. And there are also things you can do. So you yeah. can you obviously can, you cook down spinach, right? And yeah. it, it that remove that lowers significantly the oxalate content, it makes it more palatable, and then. Uh, like as, as far as that goes. And then also uh, you can actually take oral calcium and calcium binds to the oxalates and flushes them from your system. So if, you, if you've maybe been living uh, like a plant-based lifestyle and are like down in this broccoli and this spinach and, you know, all these nutrient dense because you want the protein, you want the, uh, all the other things that we just named off, yeah. you can actually take oral calcium. Uh, the amount is going to be, you know, something you should research yourself just due to your intake. And, yeah, it binds to the oxalates, flushes them from your system. It can, it can, you can also do that as like an oxalative cleanse, you know. So, like, uh, if you feel like, I said, you've been living a, a plant-based lifestyle for a while and you want to uh, just kind of cleanse from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, pop a calcium pill and then uh, slug a, uh, a, a lamb's quarter root tea. Yeah. And that'll, like, you know, really <laughs> clean you out. You got oh, all the calcium yeah. binding the oxalates and then the, the root tea will just pull all that out of you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so moving on from that a little bit, uh, yeah, so just, yeah, I guess not, not too quickly, you want to be aware that there are oxalates in this plant um, and how to lower them. I think that's a really awesome tip. I I've, mean, some I've people need it. So some people can't eat spinach. Some people can't eat dark leafy greens because yeah. they're on like blood thinners or something along those lines. Um, but I can. Yeah, I can too. <laughs> it doesn't what? bother me at all as far as I can tell. So. How do you like to use it? Well, uh, my favorite recipe that and I actually have this written down on my website it's like the easiest thing in the world but a lot of people still are kind of surprised when they're like oh you can just do that with it and it's as simple as uh, just blanching them really quick and incorporating them into a pasta dough so now you have this mm. lamb's quarter pasta you know it doesn't really even it's the same thing as spinach pasta sure. it doesn't you doesn't really taste like spinach but you're at least infusing all these nutrients into flour and water and you're getting a lot healthier uh, pasta out of it than just, you know, normal normal stuff. So that's my favorite way to use it. Uh, I am kind of a simple cook a lot of the times. I love it in omelets or scrambled eggs, you know. Great in smoothies, just like spinach. A lot of times we, we uh, you know, hide it a little bit. Um, I love spinach, but, you know, if, if you don't, then a smoothie is a great option. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so you can use the seeds as well. Again, the, those are best, I think, like crumbled over a salad, or you can boil them like quinoa for, I think it's a pretty short time because they're a pretty small seed. And you, eventually, you know, it's going to turn to mash pretty quick. I don't think I, I've never actually experimented with the seeds very much. I've only eaten them raw. However, uh, this is one of my favorite plants to work with just because of how easy it is to collect. I think I love things that are easy. Sure. So this plant that you can basically just grab with your fist and then slide your hand up the stem and get every single leaf off of it. That's the I, I love that effect. It's so satisfying mm. and it makes everything easier. Uh, the 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 caloric reward versus output is a lot better. And uh, you can do the same thing with the seeds where you just grab the base of it and you just pull it right off and everything comes off with it. Uh, love the ease. Well, I think that pretty much puts us at the end of our episode. Do you think so, Steve? Are you done talking about lamb's quarters? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm never done talking about lamb's quarters. <laughs> but I think this is enough. Yeah, I, I think this is good. good. Um, this is, 
I mean, if, if you have any lamb's quarter recipes, maybe a lamb's quarter pesto or, or something, oh, something like yeah. that, like, please share with us. Um, yeah, definitely hit us up on uh, Instagram, on the show's page, Wild Edible World, pod, or on Discord. We have kind of a bubbling community there. It's kind of comes and goes. Uh, that's at Wild Edible World as well. Yeah, and if you have any episode requests... Yeah, I mean, we'd be willing to entertain those. What 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 would you like to hear about? Uh, do you want to hear more fruits? I don't know. I don't know. Just just share with us. Talk to us. We're yeah. bored. Have a conversation. <laughs> We're friendly guys. We don't yeah. bite. So friendly. So freaking friendly. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining us on another episode of the Wild Edible World. We find the best food, and it's for free, and you can have it too. You just got to search the trail side, curbside, and sometimes that low tide. We'll get there eventually. Join us next time. Thanks.